After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Thank you, Evan. Today's guest is Lane Muraoka, President and CEO of Big City Diner Restaurant, which currently has four locations. Big City Diner was voted as the best new restaurant in Hawaii by the Zygot Surveys when they first opened and have been given four stars by the local food critics. Lane has a unique way of helping the community through his business. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Lane Muraoka. Welcome to our show, Lane. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's been an honor. Lane, how did you start Big City Diner Restaurants? We started Big City Diner. The concept evolved in 1997, and we found our location up in Kaimaki, in historic Kaimaki in 1998 is when we opened August of 1998. And the concept was basically born out of what the neighborhood was lacking, what we felt. And there were great ethnic restaurants like Holly Vietnam and great bakery and coffee shop next door, Dorita's um, Cafe Lawfer. And so we thought, people are saying, we need a good burger. We need great salads up here. And we thought with the historic place, Kaimaki was celebrating their 100th anniversary. So the city was founded in 1898. And at that time, we said, wow, this is great. We could tie this whole thing in. With the Bishop Museum, we did a lot of research. One of the first managers I hired was a historian. And he was writing a book. He was born and raised in Kaimaki and Kaimuki. And he kind of briefed me about the whole development in the past hundred years. And he had a whole collection of pictures and everything. So um, that's how we um, came up with the idea of having a, a nostalgic kind of, but not. The food had to be updated, basically, but the, the, the room had to feel comfortable. And there was a sense of history. And there's histories in the walls there. If you look back at some of the pictures, mm -hmm. that building has been there for at least 80 years. Did you grow up in the uh, area? No, actually, I grew up on the windward side. But our opening chef, um, Stan Cheng, he came from the Halikulani at the time. And he was our opening chef, and he grew up in Kaimaki. So together we worked, and we developed the menu that we thought was lacking in, in that area, in the neighborhood. And so you always wanted to open up your own restaurant? Yes, I was, from a very young age, from high school, had a dream of always opening my own restaurant and working in the restaurant industry. My coach got me a job as a dishwasher at Flamingo Chuck Wagon while I was a junior in high school. And from there, I kind of learned the trade. And I, 20 years later, I kind of realized that Kelvin Say was working at the same time. Kind of funny. And I learned the business, and I just had a, I had a creative side to me. I love the arts, and I love food. And I grew up in a, in a family that said, if you don't help cook, you don't eat. So... <laughs> You know, learn how to cook, and uh, I just love the the people aspect of it, and the uh, the food part, the creativity of that. You went into the uh, restaurant industry for twenty years. You went from working in the industry to owning your own restaurant. Yes, from high school directly, I went into the University of Denver. I found a school that wasn't too large, that wasn't too small, but was highly ranked nationally. 
And at that time, back in 1980, um, there was Cornell on the East Coast and Michigan, Michigan State, talking about the basketball, that they, um, they have a great hospitality program also. And University of Denver was a smaller school. There was only 4,000 undergrads. So coming from a smaller school, that was, that was perfect for me. And there was a lot of history there, and it was business um, backing, meaning the, when you go into the school, it was, you're part of the business school. Being that you started off as a dishwasher, then you went to a food prep cook, and then you mm-hmm. worked your way to managing, you know, in different restaurants, right, mm-hmm. through your lifetime. You said you always wanted to own a restaurant. Do you think that these experiences helped you to be a better restaurant owner and manager? Yes, because it, it gives you an idea of to empathize with your employees and what they go through and, you know, me starting as a dishwasher and the things that you see and the things that you learn and... I work with all kinds of, from that first job at Flamingo Chuck Wagon, then going over to TJ Fridays when I was on Ward. And back in the early 80s, that was the happening spot in Hawaii. And um, that's when, remember Potato Skins? That was a big thing. And um, that place was packed. I never seen a place so busy to this date. How busy the, actually Flamingo Chuck Wagon was incredibly busy also. Mm-hmm. And then I worked for TJ Fridays while I was going to college in Denver. I managed the deli in um, college also. And then my first job, I got I started work with Stouffer's Restaurants in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and $100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Lane Muraoka, President and CEO of Big City Diner Restaurants. Can you continue telling us about through your um, life experience in the restaurant, how it made you be a better leader? And also, do you still go and um, get hands-on with your employees and you know, go in the field and try yeah. and figure out more efficient ways to do things? Mm-hmm. I've, I have a passion for cooking. And the thing is, as the company gets larger, it's harder for me to actually get in there and, and work in the kitchen. But um, just this morning, you know, I was... I was in the kitchen working with the guys. We got a little breakfast rushing in our Kailua store. And um, it's good to see actually what happens because that's where it all, you know, with the customer perception, the customer guest satisfaction, that's that's where it all starts and ends is through that front door. And if the guests aren't um, happy and our, our, their expectations aren't met, they won't come back. You know, there's too many options in, in Hawaii and around everywhere you go, every city now. There's thousands of restaurants where you can eat at. So when uh, you first started the restaurant, did you go through any major challenges that made you want to quit at some time? And then you kind of pushed through no, it? No, 
No. As far as quitting, never. I'm, I'm a stubborn person, and um, I, you gotta have that perseverance to go through. Um, my chef that he fell ill when we opened, so within the first thirty days he had um, he had diabetes, and through the stress of opening a new business, um, he survived off cigarettes and uh, coffee for a while. And I was chef, you gotta eat, take care of yourself, you know, and and um, and unfortunately he fell ill. So basically, I had to go take over the kitchen. And run over the front at the same time, and I said, "No ways, we're not gonna let this go." Especially when you got friends and families' uh, monies involved in that, and um, so I didn't take a paycheck for the first maybe eight months or so. So this is just your business. It's not. There's no partnerships. No, there is. Oh, there is. We have. Um, I, I, one of my high school friends who owns a chemical company. He is a partner with us in our Kaimiki restaurant, and he helped us start going a uh, local produce company. And I, I guess he's happy now because we, we've grown, so we quadrupled the business for him that we bring him. And um, they've been very supportive, and they let me run the business. It's been very gratifying. And since then, each of the stores are different corporations, though. They're all independent of one another le- as legal entities, mm-hmm. but all under the same umbrella as far as I'm the majority shareholder in each of them. So what would you say are the most important factors into keeping a really healthy partnership going? Be honest with them. Give everything you got into the business because there's a lot of businesses, small businesses started every day, and there's businesses that close up every day. And I think you got to do your homework, and you got to have a plan to present to your your potential partners. And as far as keeping them happy, if you if because the way I tied it in, they're part of the business because as our business grows, we have to buy more product from them. So meaning, you planned it that way yes, up front. Yes. Because they would reap benefits for that. We had one other partner, and she had a travel business, and she couldn't reap any benefits of our growth, you know, waiting for dividends or anything. So eventually, she put the money in with as like a thing to get her daughter um, education, like high school education. Mm-hmm. So we were able to uh, give her back some money, and, and and the other two are part of our business. So as our business keeps on growing their sales keep on growing with us also. So how do you keep uh, a hold on the back-end part of it, accounting, legal, all the you know corporate side of the business, and then still handle the front side of it, customer service, management? It's a challenge. It's a challenge. We have our my friend uh, Robert Ichikawa. He's at Kobayashi Sugita Law Firm. So um, we have a lot of resources there. Our CPA firm has been with us from the beginning, uh, Carrie Ankaya. And our office manager, Nadine, um, she is my right, left arm, all in one. She ties down that whole admin staff. And that's an area where I'm not very well versed with as, as admin. Admin to us all these years has been one or two people, you know. And now we've got five or six people up in the office. And now we're looking for an HR person and so on. So I'm, I'm, I'm learning that aspect of it. So um, that's been a challenge for us. Because as far as day-to-day operations, you know, we know that part of the business. It's just the back end, like you say, that uh, has to keep up with the f- the front the front part of our business, I guess. Did you find that learning curve kind of steep when you first started? Uh, for the back end, functions? at the back end, the back end, not with one store and not even with two stores, because uh, Nadine she took care of everything. She took care of all. Our- our licenses, our taxing. We had a CPA that did our taxes every year. She didn't have to worry about that. But because we did a payroll in-house, we did our W-2s in-house, 
uh, liquor license. She took care of all that kind of stuff and accounts payable. We worked together in the past, and I just she, you know, I take care of the front, the kitchen, and the the service part of it. And she takes care of the back of the house, and it's been a wonderful team working with her. And she's a friend, you said, right? Um, we used to work together um, at in the Hollywood restaurants owned by Bob Lee, which back then consisted of steamers, uh, seafood restaurant, Pizza Bob's in Haliva and Restaurant Row, Rosie's Cantina. And she worked in the office there. And then when we opened up Restaurant Row, she was assigned down to work in the office in Restaurant Row. And I was a general manager at Restaurant Row also. So we became closer at that time. And then when I went off to, um, I took a whole year off in 97, basically looking for not necessarily just Big City Diner. We had we had a Mexican concept. We had a sushi concept. We had a steakhouse concept. It was basically finding the right location. Because when you're just starting off in this business, it's very, um, there's a lot of capital intensive. Um, you need a lot of money to start a restaurant business. So we had to look for something that had infrastructure in place and then figure out what would work best in that location. Uh-huh. And it was so. just successful. And that's the reason why you just continued with the same theme through your different locations? When we came up with the original concept of Big City Diner, one of my partners said we should just call it Kaimiki Soda Fountain or something, you know, because it's um, of the area. And I said we had to have a bigger picture and, and hard to locate something in Pearl Ridge and call it Kaimiki Soda Fountain. You know, there are some companies that can do it, you know, but for us, I wanted something that was marketable, that was catchy, and had a lot of nostalgic name behind it, you know. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek Work with Monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Lane Muraoka, President and CEO of Big City Diner Restaurants. Lane, if you can continue telling us about the theme of your restaurant and what the name has to do with... Okay, Big City Diner was... We came up with the name because when we were opening that in Kaimiki, again, it was the 100-year centennial anniversary. And um, when we're doing all the history, the background, we found out that was the end of the big city. Honolulu kind of stopped on Cocoa Head Avenue there. And... That Wailai Avenue was the only way to get to Hawaii Kai, Ainahai, and the New Valley. There was no H1 freeway at that time. And um, there was a lot of farms, pig farmers and um, carnation farmers out on the east side of Honolulu. And they, as they looked towards the west in the evening, they could see the light, you know, the glowing lights of the big city. And basically, that's what they referred to the big city, basically. And I thought, wow, that's catchy. You know, that's a catchy name. Um, it could travel. It could go national with a name like that. 
and um, the people remember it. You so know. Do you guys have plans to go national with your concept? We have inquiries from uh, Seattle, uh, Southern California, Las Vegas, and Denver. Those four areas. But as far as it's to the point, do you want to franchise at this point, or do you want to? You know, Zippy's has twenty-three locations currently. Um, they're just opening their. They opened a, a location on Kauai and they closed it after the hurricanes. But now they're open in Maui. I figure if they can do twenty-three locations on this island, you know, we should be able to do maybe half of that. And 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 um, so that's that's our goal and emphasis right now. But the possibility of always going to the outer islands or going to the mainland and franchising is always an option. So, with four locations currently, about how many employees do you have? We have currently about two hundred and fifty wow. employees because we're open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We have long hours, and we don't close. We're open three hundred sixty-five days of the year. And can you so. share with us a little bit about your employment philosophy? Could you integrate a lot of the community and the different organizations? Okay. As far as our philosophies, to to we have the people work up from the bottom, basically. So meaning they could start as a host, host, hostess and move into a busing and into a food runner and they eventually get to a server. The only time we hire servers is when we have a new store opening. So everybody kind of works their way up, and they kind of all learn each other's. It's not as fast as going into, but it it adds uh, more teamwork, I think, and more understanding of everyone's jobs. Do you take the servers from one restaurant and move them to another restaurant? If, or people coming up from one restaurant and they can hit the wait position in another restaurant that's opening? Yes, exactly. Like um, when YPO just opened in, in March of this year, we had people come up from, from our ward location that were hosts, hostesses, busters, and food runners, but they live on the west side, and um, they give an opportunity to, to go through the server training program, and uh, it's tremendous growth. And we have that with YPO now, and some of your best employees, instead of coming with preconceptions of what we want them to do as far as our service levels and standards, um, they kind of get an idea from the, the day one of what our philosophies are and what our values are. So it works really well for us as retention and being rewarded to move up move up the ranks within one store. As you know, our show is focused on social entrepreneurship. And one story that really caught my eye was when I read in the paper about Big City Diner employing homeless people. And it really opened my eyes because I forgot the cost of living in Hawaii is so high. You know, these people that are homeless, that doesn't mean that they don't have jobs. They may have a job, but because the cost of living is so high, they can't afford homes. Can you share with us how you got this philosophy of, you know, bringing in these homeless people to be able to give them some money to afford food and just take care of their basic necessities? As far as the homeless in in general, I think a lot of people have stereotypes of what the homeless are. And um, a show, it's got to be about five or six years ago, I saw on primetime. And it was about um, the homeless. It was in Arizona. And it was actually a U.S. congressman was one of the homeless in in there, a formal and uh, just and there are doctors and there are attorneys all at this camp, basically, and through one circumstance or another, they ran into some hard times and ended up in this place, and they were trying to make it all better because they these are all professional trained people mm-hmm. with high educations and um, um you know about business or about people or social aspects, and they were trying to create something from this homeless camp, I guess, yeah. And it really moved me. And I go, wow, that's fascinating. I mean, you don't know, you can't take anything for granted nowadays. 
because um, there's all kind of people that need help, you know. And one day you're gonna need help. It's like you ever, you know, um, when the when the floods came or the tsunamis came, you know, if I was single and didn't have kids, I'd probably just get on a flight and go help out, you know. And then things tie you back in the in the world we live in nowadays. But um, people are always gonna need help. Like, how would you have known that? Katrina would have done the devastation that it did to New Orleans, you know, and um, it just, it just, I think everything comes around and people need help now and then. So the homeless issue is just like we have an employee in Kailua and she was, you know, she doesn't have a house. Her, I think it's her grandchild and her husband, the husband can't work. And uh, so they basically live out of van, but she's always on time. Always got a great attitude, great smile. Um, is always clean, you know, and she works very, very hard. Wonderful lady. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The greater good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Neptunites, we're feeling fine. We're staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party, or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Lane Muraoka, CEO and President of Four Locations of Big City Diner Restaurants. Lane has been recognized as a big-hearted employer who has employed a number of homeless to assist in the restaurants. Lane, how did you come up with that mindset about helping each other and integrating with your business? Did you have a mentor that taught that to you, your parents, or you just kind of came up with it yourself? I think it's from my parents, um, my coaches, my teachers growing up in high school as far as um, the team unity and you know remember coach Hamada football coach um, at Iolani and um, he was mentored by Father Bray and Father Bray's principles are still taught to the kids today about it's not about winning you know and it's the old saying about how we play the game and we were raised in a place where you don't you know you don't celebrate the wins you always think about your opponents and uh no one could get a lay. If one person had a lay, then you have to have 50 lays. If someone got a can of soda after the game, you better have 50 cans of soda for everyone on the team, you know? And, and you, don't, you don't berate your opponent, you know? And, um, and it's always what's, how you feel within. And so we were kind of raised that way. 
to be very humble about everything. And um, so it was a very learning experience from our coaching. And, um, you know, we're, we're all you, the Alani tends to be on the smaller side in all sports, yeah. And um, they're doing quite remarkably well this year. Uh, and uh, so. Thanks for getting that in. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't Punahou just win? <laughs> Not to you know, give props to Punahou, but I was just wondering. You had to slide that in, yeah? As Evan tried to uh, ignore that. That wasn't comment. in the question. No. <laughs> Who's the guy I'm um, talking with? Um, Chris? Bruce? Oh. No, no, no. Because Chris is Punahou. Chris yeah. is Punahou. The other one who's from Iolani. And he goes, he was teaching you because he never had any. Oh, Paul Ayat. Is that Paul? Paul Ayat is in, in the other side. Yeah, he was just having a meeting with Bruce. Or someone was having a meeting. I didn't know mm-hmm. Paul worked here. Yeah. And that's... Ba- Paul is in sales. For and it. Brian Ayat. And what's the brother's name? The Ayat brothers? Is it Brian? I don't know. There's two brothers, know. right? Yeah. Two brothers. Two brothers. Yeah. Football stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good football players. So they're teasing you or something, huh? About <laughs> that everyone had to be Punahou alumni <laughs> to be on the show or something. Equal, there's an equal opportunity in this show. <laughs> I, I bring at least one every two months. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh funny. So what other yeah. programs do you guys have in your in your uh, business that you guys are doing besides the homeless? I know you have okay. a kind of inset within the whole We work model. with um, DVR, which stands for Division of Vocational Rehab, where individuals um, maybe have trouble getting back into the workforce, might have some mental or physical challenges, and they will help us with counseling and trainers. We have an individual um, up in YPO that... This trainer that came out worked every day with him, 40 hours a week. I think it was 40 hours a week. It seemed like 40 hours a week. But his patience, well, I take my hat off to these people that do this uh, social work. Mm-hmm. And, get, and now he's, he's, you know, he's working every day. His client is working. Michael, this, this, uh, he's um, a utility person. And um, to see him grow as far as talking and speaking and, and be able to, to mingle with the other employees, yeah, and grow, just that growth in the last six to seven months has just been fabulous. But the amount of work that people put in to get people back on their feet, I take my hat off. That's, those are the tr- true heroes of this world. Do you think that's one of the reasons why Big City Diner has been so successful? Is because how you integrate helping the community with your business? Um, I think it's, it's very important to always give back. And, uh, and we do tons of donations from churches to soccer teams to whatever as far as helping with uh, door prizes or fundraising or whatever kind of organization. But as far as getting the, the people from the Goodwill industry or winners at work or these individuals that just run on tough times or from broken families or um, just never given a chance, you know. And in high school, you know, as I think about giving a chance, I was given a chance. And I think everyone deserves a second chance. So we even have people that are from um, Lomaka that – not not the murders, you know, people for uh, what do you call felonies or anything, those kind of sense, but people that maybe got into ice or um, drugs and just made some wrong decisions in their life and got locked up for a couple of years and taught a lesson. And now they're like, okay, now I have to, you know, I'm drug free. I've got to get back on my feet. And um, b- believe me, there's a lot of employees that wouldn't even open the door and give them an application. You know, I think that's the least that we can do as employers is give the people some some pride to get back on their feet and give them an interview. So I tell my managers, anyone who comes to that door, you sit down and spend time with them. If you don't, you, you make an appointment so that you can do it at a later moment. Even if it's for a minute or two, you know, but you can go in and nowadays you can put in 
20, 30, 40 applicants as a you know high school or college student and not get one phone call back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's very important for it because it's very discouraging. You know, even though the unemployment is low, I think only in certain areas is it low, but there's a lot of people still looking for work out there, you know, and you just got to find the good people. And you got to have the patience of your staff and the buy-in from your staff to really be supportive of these individuals. Because, you know, it's like um, high school where someone's, they start, not high school, or elementary school where the kids can be mean by teasing the kids or something like that. And you have to have that mentality and try to teach my staff that, that these people have a hard time and you're lucky that you have a roof over your head or that you have a family or you have, you know, you have a bed that you can sleep on. So, you know, let's try and do something to help these people get on their feet again and, and take the next step in their life, yeah. Can you share with us maybe a success story from one of these people that you've helped and you've seen just a dramatic change and it's, you know, just been totally worth it? Well, I could share many with you, but there are there are two in Kaimiki, our first store. One, his name is Elvin Nakama, and um, he was with Woolworths in, in Kahalama. Remember Woolworths, long time ago? He was there for like 15, 20 years, long time. And then um, then the place closed, and he was out of a job. And he, he does have challenges, but he's a wonderful man. He's there on work, every every always on time, always friendly, always smiling. And um, he he got nominated to be the divisional DVR employee of the year. And he won. He won, and this was a few years back, I think maybe about three, four years back. But he won, and ironically, we got nominated to be employer of the year at the same time. So it was, it was very nice to be recognized by the by the city and state of Hawaii as an employer. And a, and to have one of our employees win that award, too, was just fabulous. And there's another individual, his name is Darren. And um, he came to us, and he would not, he couldn't, he wouldn't speak a word. I don't know if he could or could not, but to this, you can't, you can't shut him up. He is, he has blossomed so much, and he is so, um, he has so much initiative. He's quiet, but when spoken to, now he responds, and um, sometimes he just goes on and on and on. But um, one, two, those are two wonderful examples in Kaimiki. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.